Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of uh, Marketing Mediator. Uh, as you know, uh, in Marketing Mediator, we are on a mission to untangle the whole maze of, you know, marketing, advertising, communication, and a lot of other things which go in between. Uh, in today's episode, I have uh, somebody right from Indonesia, uh, Ajay, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm very, very glad to be here. Very excited about this conversation. Yeah, Ajay. So, Basically, uh, as you know that uh, I've also been working in, you know, experience, customer experience and commerce uh, from quite a few years. Uh, and I'm really excited because finally I have somebody who is similar to me. And today we can, I can ask you like questions about, you know, what is the role of experience and all that stuff. So before we get into uh, details, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and talk about how did you get into the whole world of marketing and advertising in the first place? Sure. Uh, so like the last couple of guests that you've had, uh, my starting point is also engineering. Uh, <laughs> All of us. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I did electronics, uh, engineering. Uh, I think I've always had some lots of curiosity over towards technology, which is what led me towards the engineering degree in the first place. Uh, now. A critical part in my life was that uh, the placement SEM, which is the crazy SEM that everyone keeps thinking about, that was the time of the global recession for me. So, uh, whereas what we were prepared for interviews and uh, mock interviews and question answers, CV writing, etc., etc., what was happening to us was every day we would go to office, uh, we would go to college and the office boy would come in and strike out a name of a potential recruiter because they were not hiring anymore because of what was happening all around. Uh, so uh, my my mom actually gave me good advice. She just said, just like take some time off. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, if there are no jobs, you don't need to jump into a job. So actually like counter to how most people, and this is where I find myself very lucky, counter to how most people have their start. My start immediately after college was just taking a six month break. Uh, I really enjoyed writing, reading. So I was just writing some poems and um, looking around. I spent a little bit of time in my in a friend's uh, commodities trading firm. I spent a little bit of time doing door-to-door selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, a friend introduced me to this one company called Bear City. Bear City doesn't exist anymore. But Bear City at the time was a direct competitor to a relatively unknown company back then called Zomato. Uh, wow. Zomato had just started the same year as Bear City had started. And uh, again, at this time, both these companies were unknown because the big player at the time was just dial and getting yeah. all your information from phone numbers and uh, like calling yellow pages yeah, yeah electronic digital yellow pages correct so you so you call the just dial helpline there'll be a person on the other side who will give you the address of the restaurant you're looking for was the technology innovation and versity was trying to change it all by having an online digital directory and a part of my job was to go to restaurants and do like these 150 word write-ups about them 
I and again at that time I would get paid by the word. And the more views your write-up got, the more number of restaurants you got to go to. So that made me very curious because I wanted to go to more restaurants. I wanted to try more food across Mumbai. So then I started finding ways of how can I get my articles viewed more. Uh, I went online and started searching, which led me to discovery of this thing called as there used to be this thing earlier called Demos, Demos mm-hmm. Library. Demos Library was a shared library between Rediff, Yahoo, Google, and similar search search engines, which was basically a repository of all pages online, and all of these different search engines is way back like. Uh, mm-hmm. 13, 14 years ago, they would all tap into Demos library and then rank their pages accordingly. Yeah. So I realized, okay, if I register my specific articles there, then the chances of them showing up on all these platforms will be higher. Hence, maybe people will click on them more and stuff like that. So I started doing that for all my articles. One day, the CEO Akhili got called me. He was very pissed off. He's like, "You're doing something. You're cheating." So I said, why am I cheating? So he's like, why are your articles getting more visits than everyone else's? They are going to better places. And I was just going to all the roadside kebab shops and because like that's the kind of food I wanted to have. So then I told him about this. <laughs> I told him about Demos Library, etc., etc. So he's like, okay, fine. This this sounds interesting. What more? What more do you want to do? So again, back then, uh, it was a new thing for brand, for anyone to for businesses to have a Facebook page. So I told mm-hmm. him probably we should have a Facebook page again. Back then, Facebook had Facebook tabs, and engineering had given me enough background on how to do CSS, how to do HTML. So I started. So you could use tabs and basic yeah, apps yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> correct. So I started importing iframes into Facebook tabs and started creating visibility again, which led to more visits. Um, uh, blogger.com was a big thing. So I started set, I set up a blog page for uh, Veracity. All of it was like traffic driving uh initiatives which was a very interesting thing to do and again at the same time it was balanced with meeting real people like there was there's this there's this old place called surti barahandi in momadari road in mumbai is it was made the the small restaurant was started in 1934 right so i sat with the this old uh, chacha there and explained to him what the internet is how him being present there would help to bring people to his restaurant stuff like that so i think that balance of real world implication with tech set up that foundation now from there the next step were, uh, after uh, it was i worked in a another company called uh, uh, tech shastra tech shastra was like it had about 60 front end back end developers and then there were people like me who did like everything from i had the owner's credit cards i was running ads i was writing copy i was creating reports i was replying to comments but again at this stage the the scale changed because their clients were pepsodent and mm-hmm. surf excel and nescafe and suddenly this world of brand marketing opened up mm-hmm. uh, from there my real uh, trial by fire and understanding of 
the entire world of brand and marketing happened when I entered uh, Ogilvy. I've been in Ogilvy for 10 years now. Uh, mm-hmm. But my wow. starting point was Ogilvy Mumbai. Uh, and in Ogilvy Mumbai, again, I I sort of stumbled my way around everywhere. I was in Ogilvy PR for a while. I was in social at Ogilvy for a while. I, I did strategy for a while, brand strategy for a while. I Now, eventually, all these years later, uh, I am heading the CX business for Ogilvy Indonesia. So within Ogilvy, what I understood was the value of storytelling was the value of creating an emotional connection was the value of authenticity and how uh, if you are able to use that and if you are able to be really genuine how you can start making impact into the lives of people so sort of i i don't think i've had a straight this is my ambition and hence a to b rather i've sort of moved all around and tried to find what works for me mm-hmm. but technology has been that if I were to call that one single red thread across everything I've done, that's technology. Super interesting. I, I love your whole story because my story is very similar to you, right? I I did my engineering, then I got into Accenture, but I realized, no, 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 I'm not going to go do coding. Then I did my MBA, worked in TCS for a while, and then I started uh, you know, my own blog, did mm. some gigs, and then you know, I, I entered basically a startup. And, Mm. The startup was basically doing uh, Facebook apps, mm. a lot of front-end and back-end developers. And then I started doing all that stuff because I've always been primarily into business. But mm. working in startups taught me that sometimes you need to use your coding skills like you, mm. uh, sometimes your writing skills, being the community mm. manager, running the ads. You know, it's, it's amazing, right? The things you learn. Cool. Now let's get into the whole details, right? Uh, since mm-hmm. you work, you have found your way to CX, right, to experience. Now, when I ask you this question, I want you to be very sharp because a lot of people, this is a topic which needs a lot of clarity. How do you define CX? How do you define customer experience in context of marketing? Okay. Uh, see, so there is, there is this quote I read a while back and it's mm-hmm. just stayed with me because of it, the simplicity and the clarity of it. There's this person called... Uh, Bridget Van Van Lingen. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the senior VP at IBM. Mm-hmm. Uh, what she said is that the last best experience that anyone has anywhere becomes the bare minimum expectation for experiences Seriously. that they want everywhere. Right. Uh, I think that's that's to that to me is the base definition of what CX is. What that means is that the seamlessness with which uh, you are finding things on Google search becomes the expectation that consumers will have when they are searching for something on your brand's website. The seamless... matter, like, I, 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 this is my last experience. So I expect wherever I'm doing research, on, especially on a digital interface, I expect it to be like Google. Correct. Yeah, correct. If <laughs> I expect autofill. I expect that I will get things that are re- most relevant on the top, things mm-hmm. like that, all of this, right? And why should they not, right? The same thing goes for content discovery too, right? Now, mm-hmm. I am used to, uh, like, in a world of TikTok where I am just using my thumb to flick through from one piece of content to another where I'm scanning and I build this behavior of scanning, I, w- I expect an email to be 
as seamless too. I expect my email to give me enough information that I'm able to scan through it and give me the most important bits. For sure. And then I will decide within my first three seconds, just like how I'm going to decide whether I'm going to watch the rest of the TikTok. I'm going to decide whether I'm going to read the rest of the email too. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think in its simplest form, uh, I feel that CX is about removing friction and removing pain points that exist between the path that a consumer has to take in terms of interacting with a brand, right? Mm-hmm. So whether that is uh, how they are able to find your brand, uh, how they are experiencing your brand on a website, how they are interacting with a brand, maybe on WhatsApp, maybe on email. The mm-hmm. focus in terms of CX needs to be that how can I reduce friction how can i reduce pain points how can i make it make things easy for consumers now in order to do that then you will have all the different uh, technology that is available uh, that that you start to bring in no yeah. i love that answer because it is precise uh, and i kind of agree with it because you talk about i mean cx is what it is today because of thanks to digital and thanks to technology that you know i as a consumer can interact with it right and that gives you the ability to give you this frictionless experience. Cool. Now, my second question uh, is, uh, like you and me, we work in the world of primarily like marketing or a subset of marketing, which is advertising. And all of us, our primary objective is to grow brands. So the way you explain CX, how does it play a role in growing brands? Uh, okay. So uh, I might have a controversial point of view here, but I, I love, personally... That's, that's why we are having the show. Man. <laughs> Go for it. So, so see, I think there is this prevailing notion in our industry that we need to focus only on consumers that are on the most final stage of purchase. And shopper, then, shopper marketing. Yeah, in... uh, shopper marketing, bottom funnel marketing, funnel yeah. hacking. Whatever you there are. 100,000 names, I think every day there is some guru who comes up with a new name for it, right? And what that has done is like we everything is now tactic-oriented, right? That how can I improve this efficiency of step two of this funnel to step three by uh, 2.3%, right? Now, while that is important, what that is resulting in is diminishing di- uh, differentiation diminishing the uh, distinctiveness reduction of saliency because again in uh, i read this just this morning in a world where all brands are beige being the beigest brand makes you disappear not stand out more so sorry right so personally i think in the world of today honestly if you ask me bottom funnel doesn't exist it's just not mm-hmm. there right because uh, take for example a live streaming session on Shopee, right? You can go through the entire marketing funnel of no discovering a brand, understanding what it does, how it's used, what it, uh, what its, uh, uh, how do you say, RTB is, who is using it, and then buy it all in one go rate that app leave a review so you've gone from awareness consideration purchase advocacy in just one piece of content Mm -hmm. right so 
every single interaction with a brand is in fact a full funnel in itself which Absolutely. is why i think that bottom funnel doesn't exist and if bottom funnel doesn't exist and if every experience is a full funnel in itself then hence we go back to our basics of brand building right hence if if going back to your question of how do i see how how can i help brands grow i think largely the role starts with being strategic understanding what are the uh, needs of a specific business within mm-hmm. the category within a competitive landscape what is happening at a larger consumer level what is a cultural presence uh, or a cultural behavior that is happening in a specific market mm-hmm. uh, my role is also creative because again i just understanding enough uh, that much doesn't mean that there's a consumer who is willing to just fart with their money you yeah. need to then make sure how that is uh, emotionally meaningful and then at the same time it's also technical because all of this technology is the thing that is going to help to drive uh, personalized experiences that is going to reduce the friction that i was earlier talking about that is going to uh, drive that long term impact right so in terms of uh, within the larger marketing canvas i think that's that's where things are yeah i think it's uh when we are looking at cx and brand growth it would be like how you would plan your marketing anyway you yeah. would start with your fundamental issues you would start with your fundamental objective mm-hmm. you would start with your ambition and then from there draw a, a road map of where you want to go and then start sort of plugging in technology at every step no i i, I love that answer ajay very nicely explained i think the way you were explaining and and the confusion which is you know existing in the market is primarily because of this and i would say it is because of digital uh the way you explain right so fundamentals of brand building have not changed right like you rightly said you have to grab attention you need to have shared values you need to have missions otherwise nobody would notice you but what has happened is that now like you said every time i do an interaction with a piece of content it has the ability to complete my journey right right after purchase because gone other days when tv was only doing awareness and then you would hope you know he would come to the supermarket and then i would do shopper marketing or i will do an activation in the stadium and all that stuff so as nicely explained i think that is the biggest difference right now okay going on now uh, another thing is that now cx itself has evolved into a very uh, you know complex ecosystem in itself so when i talk about cx you might have a lot of different specialized people working in your team right so you will have people who are design thinkers for example they might be solving big problems doing workshops uh, you have people who are doing user experience right then you have ui people you have visual designers you also work with developers product managers so there's a there's a whole lot of specializations so tell us how they kind of come together uh, to provide like an exceptional experience for a brand mm-hmm. uh see so uh, i mean when when we when we are working with our uh, with all the different clients here we use a very simple three step method mm-hmm. it's think create realize yeah mm-hmm. and these are the steps in which we generally form a solution now what what do i mean by that think meaning that's the place where you want to look at data maybe look at social listening maybe look at google analytics maybe look at open rates 
uh, click through rates media performance stuff like that that's the place where you're going to get all the insights that's the place where you're going to probably discover something is not working the way that it should or something is really working well but not being paid attention to it's mm-hmm. the place where generally all of your uh, how do you say uh, where, uh, the neurons in your head are going to get start getting fired now at this place like a data analyst will start to come in will start to uh, maybe build a dashboard understand point out certain things right now after think the next step is create now create mm-hmm. is where again uh, whether it your development of your large scale strategy now mm-hmm. at this strategy as well as in the think phase the part that i spoke about earlier which is understanding the business issue understanding the ambition understanding what the objectives are have to be fed in but mm-hmm. when you have that you can sort of develop what are the different nudges that you want to give it to your consumer what are the different consumer journeys that you want to hence create uh, bring all that together to have sort of a holistic cx strategy which is where you would have a crm strategist or a cx strategist sort of a ux researcher coming in to sort of uh, build sort of a, a part of what the vision of the solution uh that mm-hmm. you want to design right so that's the create part and then you have realize now realize is where uh you bring in ui design you start to develop use cases you start to da- t- talk about technology development you start to talk about implementation and again this is where you would have the ui designers front end back end developers project managers come in now the critical part is that this is all cyclical in nature right the mm-hmm. moment you are at realize stage doesn't mean that uh, done i do i can go to sleep now because yeah. the while you are in realize stage the think part needs to continue right you still mm-hmm. need to keep looking at your analytics keep Absolutely. observing the performance as you are doing that the create part again kicks back because this is what is happening now do i need to change my journey do i need to change my nudge and if yes again the realize part comes back in that hence i this is the way in which my ui needs to change or this is the way in which the front end needs to change or there's a new uh, back end feature that i need to get added in which is how all of it i feel is uh, cyclical where you have think create and realize working together now this i think what more and more us as an industry we need to foster is this uh, uh mindset where everyone needs to work together right mm-hmm. everyone needs to rely on each other a uh, 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 analyst needs to be interested and needs to be talking to the backend developer to understand what mm-hmm. is he doing right a uh, ui designer needs to be sitting with someone who is developing a consumer journey and asking questions why is this this way why is that that way uh the moment everyone is in silos that's the moment this cyclical nature breaks that's the moment everything starts working in blocks right and there is enough and more research and data out there to show that the more integrated things are the better it is in terms of media performance the better it is in terms of uh, uh, analytics and then there are yeah mm-hmm. and consequently also sort of there uh, there is a impact on bottom line uh, on sales on profitability increasing 
Yeah, no, I, I love that again, because I think the key takeaway from the way you were explaining it is I would kind of uh, highlight you know, it, it being an iterative process or a circular process, because what has happened is that uh, whether you're talking about brand teams, uh, traditional marketing teams, or you're talking about agencies, we were very used to work in a linear way, right? Because it's all projects and deliverables, or rather I should say outputs. So you have a process of a briefing, then there is strategy, then there is creative, and then it goes to production, right? And after production, it's kind of finished because now the thing goes live because let's say it's a film or a TV. I cannot write, I cannot possibly do iterations. Key difference, right? The way you explain it, if you are trying to work with a team or your internal team or an external team, if you are a brand, this is what you need to understand. And this is something which you don't have to explain to a company, which is D2C or digital first or they have a technology mm -hmm. product. Mm -hmm. Only people who are working in traditional mm -hmm. brands need to understand this, that yeah. this yeah. cannot be a, you know, like a linear process. It's like yeah. always on continuous improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get into uh, further, right? Like one more step. Mm -hmm. uh, now, because it is an iterative process, uh, my question is that how do you kind of explain ROI, right? And to make it simpler, let me give you one example. Uh, let's say brand A comes to you and the business problem is declining market shares, right? Because of the new age consumer, there is not enough, you know, brand love and all that stuff. That is how business problems or brand problems comes to an agency. Now you are going to work on a solution the way you explained it, right? You have to, there has to be a thinking process where analysts are working and there has to be a creation process and then it needs to feedback. Now, if that process is iterative and somebody has given you a brief, how and at what stage would you uh, tell client that what is the expected ROI of this whole project? Um, see, so, I mean, uh, this is a very critical conversation. I think a lot of, uh, and I think this is a conversation that has been going on for a very, very long time. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, I was, I was um, at the start telling you about working uh, on Pepsodent and Nescafe, and this is way back in 2011, 2010. Even back then, there were questions being asked that what is the ROI of being on Facebook, right? I think it's a very fair and an extremely important conversation to be had, right? Uh, now, I think when you are looking at ROI, uh, ROI needs to be looked at in time horizon right mm. what i mean by that is how is this initiative when it comes to customer experience going to help my brand and business for years to come mm -hmm. uh, how is it going to help my brand and business in the within the next quarter absolutely and how is it going to help me right now how is it going to help me drive overnight sales right mm -hmm. Uh, all of these different time horizons are extremely critical. The metrics and measures, however, for all three have to be different, mm -hmm. right? So when you look at metrics and measures for overnight sales, then those would be your gross margin value, click-through rate, stuff like that, that is happening maybe on your official store on a marketplace or maybe on your own D2C website. Uh, mm -hmm. However, when you look at it from a quarterly perspective, that's the place to talk, to think about, uh, uh, how do you say, your market share impact and contribution of 
a particular channel through your overall sales right mm-hmm. so has the has the um has the contribution coming from marketplaces or has the contribution coming from an online to offline campaign mm-hmm. that you are running is uh, uh the pie of it has it increased this quarter compared to the last quarter mm-hmm. uh and then in when you look at years that's the time you would address uh brand love you would address uh how consumers look at your brand stuff like that right now again all of this kid like this is no, not necessarily hard and fast rules sometimes certain brands will also run uh, uh how do you say uh brand measurement campaigns uh via brand print and other such tools online for a quarterly campaign as well depends sure. on how much Short your budgets are yeah, yeah correct now the thing is that uh there is a there is this research report uh from mckinsey that they 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 looked at uh, growth patterns for about uh, 100 brands and saw that brands that focused on long term customer uh relationship mm-hmm. were growing their revenue two times faster than brands that did mm-hmm. right uh now in this world of today this extremely volatile uncertain world of today that we are living in uh we don't have the liberty of saying okay i'm just growing brand that's enough uh there is you need to show bottom line impact right mm-hmm. and uh it's this bottom line impact planning uh that needs to happen across all of these different time horizon mm-hmm. so when it comes to uh talking to clients about return on investment of their uh, uh marketing campaigns coming from cx uh, i think that's the way to go about it to look at it from different horizons uh identify what are relevant metrics yeah. wherever available through a certain means maybe it's also possible to identify industry benchmarks and then try and set uh ambitious kpis that maybe you try and exceed them maybe you try and match them stuff like that and then start to make a roadmap that way but the critical thing being that uh just saying that okay i only want overnight sales i don't care about what is happening in the long term is not going to help because it's only going to force you towards making tactical decisions uh and in the long run you your brand will end up losing distinctiveness will end up losing saliency in the mind of consumers you know what i kind of agree right because Uh, what i have found useful just to add to what you have said right i find uh, there is like uh, forester has this uh, model called total economic impact which i can tend to use a lot this only works i think more for long term projects like you were saying so if you are trying to work on an experience transformation project and you are lucky enough to have a horizon of 2 years or 3 years like you said right the investments are kind of divided into you know, two or 3 years it clearly tells you that Hello. what kind of you know, upfront investments are going to go in in 6 months and 1 year when exactly do you start seeing some kind of returns at what period probably after a year or 2 years you get your money back which was invested and then probably what is that time in the future where it starts giving you know positive uh, roi but it helps because everybody is involved it's not mm-hmm. just marketing there is ceo involved there is finance involved procurement involved you take sign off from everybody that these are the short term things uh, these are the long term things we have uh, 
governance in place to track all the KPIs, like you mentioned, whether they are on business. I mean, usually people only care about business at high level. They don't care about brand and small campaign metrics. But I mean, there are tools uh, like you explained to work on it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's let's move ahead, uh, Ajay. Uh, now I want you to tell me about and uh, we have already discussed that. You know, I will not go into that. That a D two C or a digital company uses customer experience itself as its competitive advantage. It uses UX, for example, itself as point of differentiation, like all the you know, today's brands are doing it. They don't think like, you know, traditional brands that, oh, I need to have a brand, I need to have a differentiation. Uh, experience itself is a differentiation. When we come to a traditional uh, kind of company, right, a company which has, let's say, 90% sales coming in from uh, physical uh, stores and stuff like that, can you give me an example of how they are using this whole uh, customer experience and, you know, gaining some uh, uh, benefit from it? So, uh, see, I can talk about the work that I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with this brand, uh, uh, YFS 26, uh, it's a infant nutrition, uh, brand. Mm-hmm. Now, originally, uh, we, we received this brief for a gift with purchase. Mm-hmm. It was a task. Mm-hmm. Uh, now when we started looking at it, uh, and when we did our competitor review, Everyone was doing a gift with purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were giving like Tupperware, some were giving shampoo bottles, things like Toys that. Toys right? and you know what? Yeah. yeah, this category norm, right? Uh, now, generally, this, this brand stands for uh, nurturing exceptional kids. It mm-hmm. helps, and that's how all of it works. It, it helps to develop brain synapses, and uh, there's a lot of a uh, very beautiful complex research and there's a very strong reason why consumers are attracted to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now what we decided to do is bring some of that uh, uh, authenticity scientific thinking into this gift with purchase right mm-hmm. so hence instead of giving one more branded tupperware box uh, what we decided to build was a ar coloring book now, this was a physical coloring book that you could get along with uh, a can of uh, uh, the product. Now, when you got it, you could sit down with your kid, scan the book with your phone, and the kid could color it in. Now, what what the kid was coloring was 26 different professions. Mm-hmm. So, there's astronaut and chef and being a doctor so in that process it's also sort of this bonding moment between the mom and the kid inspiring Mm -hmm. the kid about uh, all these different things that he or she can become in the future Mm -hmm. right now uh, the critical piece here is that this coloring book was largely focused on and uh, sold via their uh, online marketplace right Mm -hmm. so there is a differentiated value proposition that the consumer is getting for buying this product, which she would normally buy from a mini market or a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why should she buy from a marketplace uh, and the brand's official store was that if she bought from there, she's getting this additional uh, access to inspire her child to set sort of these dreams for the future within the child, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in this scenario, uh, uh, how do you say, 
by by using this core brand proposition of nurturing the exceptional within children and yeah. bringing it alive through uh, uh this this means of the coloring book and then making sure that the marketplace is the singular place in which he gets it where he gets this yeah yeah we were able to sort of create that experience for generally a brand that relies very heavily on uh supermarkets very heavily on mini markets things like that no that's a that's a very cool idea and the reason i want to highlight this is that this is exactly what differentiates if you work with a creative agency with the yeah. cx capabilities versus you working with a pure play you know e-commerce company because i've yeah. seen this time and again because they do not think about experience or they do not think about human motivations if you are working with an e-commerce team they are only give they think everything is transactional oh mm. i am giving this shampoo i am giving a better toy right but the fact is only an agency could think as much as you just explained because it is not about just a transaction it is a transaction but if you can add that emotional layer that emotional experience right you might not have even spent more money than that e-commerce guy right who was doing a transactional stuff but the kind of bond you are making you are doing your business challenge uh you are making an emotional connect and chances are that you are also buying a very loyal customer through this promotion or you know gwp so that is why i i love you know this point that only agencies can do it yeah no see i think that there's this there is a very disturbing pattern to me personally that i'm seeing where we are actively training consumers to become promo hunters on e-commerce <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense because now see like i said i've, I've spent a decade in ogilvy and i've seen the amount of microscopic attention that gets put on a brand mm-hmm. everywhere else right you you will debate and research and find the best version of every single word think about every dot and dash but then on e-commerce you just like slap a 25% off you put your sku and you're done like come on what like i i just it it's so surprising to me that how can these two exact opposite truths exist within one single business at the same time no i uh, i completely agree and i think uh, you would love uh, one of the episodes which i'm going to release in coming weeks where i have uh, somebody from my e-commerce team like an e-commerce director uh, but he understands both the worlds like you know we oh. are trying to talk but he mm. explains that how uh, primarily the e-commerce brands which are not going really big how do they think and mm. he explains very nicely that you know do not underestimate them mm. uh, just because they don't do the work like you guys do which is you know very human level you know human mm. connect and all that stuff they also do the same thing but their perspective is slightly different i will not mm. get into the details because i think that is the meat of <laughs> my upcoming episode but it's sure. a great discussion to be Okay, sure, sure. Ajay. Uh, let me change gears, and uh, this time is time for like rapid fire round. So I will ask you like a couple of questions. Give me quick sure, answers, sure. yeah. Sure. Okay. So, what's your favorite book on, let's say, customer experience? Ah, uh, see, this book was written when customer experience wasn't a word. Hmm. Ah, uh, but I think it's very relevant. There's this book that David Ogilvy wrote. it's called the eternal pursuit of unhappiness yeah. being very good is no good you have to be very 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 good 
I end up reading that book two to three times a year. It wow. just helps to set fundamental things right about how it's a short book. It's like twenty-five pages yeah. or so. It talks about just pushing yourself to think harder, putting. Uh, looking at your consumer as they were your wife and giving that much respect and being scared of him or her as much as you would be of your wife there are some very very beautiful basic fundamentals that apply to cx or any other x in the future that this would become thanks nice. because i also uh, sometimes we forget this uh, i remember i used to have this chemistry teacher who used to make you stand in the middle of the class and ask you to solve like a very difficult equation of resonance or something like that but he would not let you sit and he would say that it's okay if you can't do it why don't when oh, whenever in trouble go back to basics he yeah. will make you go to go back to the yeah. basics like he will yeah. talk about you know electron uh, electrons neutrons valency yeah. and all that stuff and he'll make you solve it so it's yeah. good that everybody should have a go to book or whatever it is you should read it every year i love love that you do it okay next one what's your favorite brand of all time uh my favorite brand uh largely because of the experiences i've had with this brand is there's this uh, taxi company here in indonesia called bluebird mm-hmm. uh now the moment you land into jakarta probably the bluebird driver is the first person your first interaction that you're going to have uh with with any indonesian person and their drivers are known for their politeness they are known for their helping kind nature uh i have seen how the company has evolved in their way of using technology because mm-hmm. they they used to have a uh infrared based infrared based uh, dashboard thing where you could give a a sms based unicode and then that would get a taxi reserved and now they have this app uh, uh that does the same thing uh recently when their new ceo joined uh became a taxi driver for a couple of days and actually ferry mm-hmm. people around right so this level of um it starts from the core of their brand that being helpful and being kind to people and how that is integrated into their drivers integrated into their service integrated into every single brand experience that you would have that's what makes it i think i this the the level at which they managed to pull it off and the scale at which they managed to pull it off hands I mean, down it's one of my favorite brand, brand. yeah okay uh, last one so i asked you about brand now i want you to kind of tell me what you said while explaining cx right the last best experience So I'm not talking mm-hmm. about a brand. I'm talking about what was the last experience, like the best experience, which you remember right now. I think Google Maps, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Google Maps, because not because of the giving you location and stuff like that. Uh, I have been uh, a reviewer on Google Maps, so I've been leaving, uh, uploading photographs and leaving ratings of places, answering questions whether. uh vegetarian food is allowed somewhere whether parking is available whether a certain type of diesel is available mm-hmm. now what they have been doing is very regularly i will get an email saying this review that you posted helped uh 2500 people mm-hmm. right oh yeah uh, and and at the same time 
uh i am now at a level 6 reviewer i'm some oh, wow. five reviews away from becoming level 7 uh but then there is this relationship where i can see that there's a emotional benefit that i'm getting mm-hmm. there's the sense of achievement that i'm getting that yes it's not just me saying good bad to someone me posting things is actually helping real people i'm seeing how it's helping real people but at the same time there's also a sense of achievement to going to all of these different levels unlocking things and again uh, a while back i also unlocked uh, becoming a beta tester for one of their uh, new uh, launching products and stuff like that so yeah very very awesome. good awesome i really like that answer because i don't do it as much as you are saying but uh, when you were saying uh, you know that email i always remember i love getting that email you know mm. 500 people you know you help yeah. 500 people and all that stuff yeah. it's a great experience yeah. cool i think we are running out of time uh, ajay it was a pleasure talking to you uh, like i said i was really looking forward to this because i really want people to know uh, the role of experience and in a context of marketing and advertising because maybe we did not articulate it like this but like you were explaining uh advertisers people who work in marketing and in the world of brands we have been thinking about experiences right from the beginning maybe technology has changed the meaning of experience itself or the way it is uh, described or defined right now but no matter what you talk about whether it is technology fundamentally the technology is interacting with the humans right and we are very emotional people right so i think it's very very important and i really like the way you explained it thank you for coming on the show Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a very very fun conversation too. Uh I completely like there's there's quite a bit that you mentioned especially the Forrester model that I'm also going to go and look up. So, uh very excited I like I shared with you before that I've followed your previous sessions. I look forward to more. Uh thank you so much for running this too. Awesome. And guys, before we sign off, uh if you like the conversation, please do not forget to like subscribe and share to marketing share the marketing video thank you very much thanks ajay thank you thank you